everybody welcome back to another episode of the king's council podcast you know who i am and i'm so amped to actually uh introduce to you um well i'm what i'm actually doing is introducing uh a segment again we went live in facebook a couple weeks ago josh latimer and i if you guys don't know who josh is uh you gotta know who josh is by now josh i'm just gonna brag on him a little bit man this dude has uh is is like the coach of coaches the, the dude is epic when it comes to business marketing uh sales branding acquisition uh just incredible he's he's actually built and sold coaching companies. Um, he's exited some of his own companies as well. And he is so committed to this group here, this King's Council community, uh, as we've we've uh, transitioned the King's Council into a complete nonprofit. We're gonna share some more on that. Uh, but today, we are gonna, I, I wanted to, to play this on the King's Council podcast because I know not everybody's in Facebook. Now, again, if you have a Facebook uh, account, get in our group. Okay. The King's council community is an incredible group. It's a private Facebook group, right? So you're not just going to see it on my feed or anything. We need to get you uh, invited into that group. We're sharing uh, the different rollout plans that we've got, whether you're a entrepreneur, uh, an entrepreneur, or you're, you're crushing business and life already. Uh, we have, uh, we have wants and needs for you to be a part of this community moving forward that I know God's hand has been on from the, from the get go of this, uh, and, and also ultimately where we're heading. So last week we, we talked about the history, the mystery, and ultimately the destiny. But today we are going to be breaking uh, brain chains, right? This is what Latimer called that is breaking brain chains. But uh, we, we, what we're mostly diving into is actually understanding the history and concept of time uh, and how that actually uh, correlates with uh, money right? We've heard this concept that time is money. Uh, we wholeheartedly do not believe that. Uh, time is infinitely more valuable than money ever will be. Uh, we can always go get more money. And that's partly what we do within the King of Council is coach how to do that. But one thing that uh, is is finite is time. And what are we doing with those resources that we have right now? So, so we run through that on this episode. And then ultimately, uh, we break down three types of re relationships that each of us have in our lives, right? And this is so so fascinating and unique. I've heard Latimer talk about this before, but there's three types of re relationships that any of us have, and there's comrades, uh, there's constituents, and then uh, there's confidants. Uh, comrades, constituents, and confidants. And so we're gonna dive into that more on this episode. Again, if you haven't been in the Facebook group, do yourself a favor. That's where we're, we're announcing a lot of our new programs. Uh, you can also check more out at joinkingscouncil.com, uh, joinkingscouncil.com. There's a little uh, um, survey essentially that we're going to ask so we get to know more of you and then we will. We know how we can best serve you uh, moving forward here. Joinkingscouncil.com and I know you guys are going to love this episode. We'll see you next week. So brain chains, Riley, I'm sure you don't have any false beliefs, limiting beliefs. Everything's been effort and easy for you your whole uh, business career, correct? Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah, you know, no man, absolutely not. I thought it was uh, just hard for all of us mere mortals, not, not for right. you. If only, man. If only. Also, if only I had a, a a nickel for every time I heard it must be nice. 
Uh, little <laughs> did uh, did they know what what a lot of this is take, what it continues to take. Actually, bro, I'm I'm in uh, uh, Dallas, Texas, right now, not far from you, but I'm in the backyard because coming off a, a, another crazy week of of business, of sales, amazing things, but have am so freaking pumped to talk to you today about brain change. So if you guys are joining us right now, uh, you're gonna wanna pay attention here. You're gonna wanna uh, grab a notepad, grab a piece of paper, turn off some, in any any interruptions you've got going on because uh, what Josh, Josh Latimer does is break people's brains. And I, I swear, every time that I talk with him, I'm, I get off the phone and I'm like, I gotta like process this, this is so good. I gotta come back and digest and meditate on this. And you guys know, that's one of, a, one of the spiritual principles that we know of how to be prosperous and successful is to meditate on the book of the law, right? The word of God is, is where we at King's Council, uh, we take uh, responsibility, we take ownership in the fact that everything that we coach and we teach on is, is based upon biblical principles, uh, because if not, like, what are we doing, right? We, we have the playbook of life. Uh, we know how to be prosperous, how to be successful. So why would we look to anybody else? Yes, there are, are plenty of gurus out there that that have uh, quote unquote figured it out. But at the end of the day, have they really have do they do they really know truth in their life? And that is what the King's Council uh, 1.0 was based upon was like, hey, I love Jesus. Uh, there, there's no no ifs, ands, buts about it. I love to, to crush business. Uh, I enjoy making money so I can I can actually have true impact and I can truly love others the way that Jesus has commanded us to do so. You guys know part of the, the, the mission and vision and purpose for this is to go and do likewise. To be that type of, of Christian that Jesus has called us to be, that good Samaritan that he's told us that we are to go be, we know it takes incredible uh, energy and effort, but it also takes an incredible amount of money. And it takes an incredible amount of resources to be able to truly be the impact on this earth today and now. And I just want to say, welcome to Pride Month, June 1 Pride Month, but not the pride that you guys are thinking of, because this got me really thinking of what does it mean to be prideful? There's there's a ton of, of uh, uh, warnings in and concerns about being pride, right? Like we know about being prideful. We know there's a lot of warnings in the, in the Bible about that, uh, which is just interesting that this is called Pride Month, but it brought me back to like, what was what was the, the rainbow, the original rainbow for this covenant that, that God gave us, right? That, that we can have an assurance that, that that would never happen again, right? So what the rainbow truly is, and then it got me thinking of like, man, what are these other covenants that God has has put in place for us. And I thought about this Abrahamic covenant of blessing uh, that he had given in Genesis and, and ultimately like how we operate as, as descendants of Abraham on this earth today and now, after Jesus has returned, after the kingdom of heaven is here and now, how we have this, this unbelievable authority and ability to create. Uh, based upon the original biblical principles given to us and ultimately the, the things of, of money, wealth, resources. How do we operate within that realm, knowing what the world tells us to do, what we're supposed to be going for, why we're supposed to be striving for those things, and also time. Like, how do we actually balance time and what is this concept of time and how it relates to us today? Like, I got 24 hours in a day. Yes, God created time 
right? He placed the sun and the moon, I believe, for a, a, a purpose of having seasons, a reflection of seasons in our life. But what Josh Latimer is going to share today about time is going to break your brain. And, and, and the ability for us to actually use time for true advancement here in the kingdom of heaven today, not when we go there in, in some place, when we die and we go to heaven, yes, but the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is this rule and reign of Christ in our lives today. And as kingdom entrepreneurs, we get to operate with special favor, special advantage, special authority, and that's what King's Council 2.0 is truly about. So if you were on last week's, uh, we, we, we made a little bit of an announcement. We, we've got a wait list. There's a wait list that we are compiling. There's a number of you that are on that bad boy, but we wanted to come on live again and, and just reshare what we're doing. We uh, The announcements for this, for this launch here are happening next week. But the only way that you're gonna know about those announcements is if you are on the wait list. So we'll drop a link in here to join this wait list. It's free. There's nothing, you don't have to put a credit card in or anything. We just gotta know, I just need you to raise your hand. Like, are you a kingdom entrepreneur? Do you have a tremendous uh, call on your life, right? Or are you questioning that even? It's like, man, I don't know. I know I want to be impactful. I know I want to be involved. I have a hunger for that, but I don't know what that looks like. And I'm telling you, that was me. That was me four years ago. I just didn't know. I had this unfulfillment in my life. And as I slowly started to take action, I slowly started to raise my hand. Bam. All of a sudden, I had some ridiculous relationships show up in my life. I had a little thing that we're going to go through today. I had some comrades right? All of a sudden I found some, some, some people in my life, some constituents that also had a, an incredible desire for more. And then I found my confidants. I found the dudes that were ready to freaking go to battle for, for me personally and vice versa for them. And then when we locked arms, it was like, holy cow, now there's true kingdom advancement. So if that's you, if you're looking for that in your life, you got to get on this wait list because next week, I promise you stick with us here for the next 20, 30 minutes or so. Your brain is going to be blowing. But next week, prepare for your life to be changed forever, radically forever. Josh Latimer, I'm going to throw it to you, bro. I feel like I can go on and on. You know, I'm hyped about this. Cannot wait to, 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 to share what we're doing here in the upcoming weeks. But brother, break our brains for us, will you? <laughs> Man, I love your energy so much, Riley, and your heart. And what's up, everybody? Um, man, it, the history and mystery of time. So I think a lot of people don't realize that building wealth actually has more to do with time than it even does with dollars. It has more to do with time than it does with money. And there's this misunderstanding or a reframing that has to happen in our brain. I know for me, maybe you didn't grow up with a lot. Maybe uh, you're already the most successful person in your real life circle of friends. I don't know, but there's all these different... Uh, 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 paradigms, depending on your childhood and your beliefs and the programming that was installed into you. But one of the biggest misunderstandings and one of the easiest things to see contrast between uh, high achievers financially and everybody else is the way that they view and look at the concept of time, right? The cool thing about money is that money is a replenishable resource. It's actually an infinite resource, but we don't have to necessarily get into that, but it's replenishable and it's abundant. People tend to look at money like, like, a, like a fixed static pie. And that if, if, if Riley wants to make $1,000, then it has to take away money from someone else. And that's, that's sort of how it works one-to-one. -one. Someone gives 1000 to Riley, but 
the reason that that's, that's a false view of money being a pie is that the pie is always moving. It's expanding, right? Money is a replenishable resource. It keeps growing and growing and growing because if I give Riley money and I get knowledge that helps me make more money, I actually make more money than I gave Riley by giving Riley money, right? <laughs> and so on. But, but back to time, um, I heard Myron Golden say one time, too many people are trying to succeed and they need to start letting themselves succeed. And when it comes to success, you do not have to create success for yourself. You do not have to manufacture it. You have to model success. And so if you can start reprogramming some of the ways you view these things, it just gets easier. And I think that's what Myron means when he says, stop trying to succeed, start letting yourself succeed. Can I get an amen that we're our own biggest bottleneck? Anybody? Is it just me? Is it just me? Don't be shy. You can type it. Uh, I can't wait to meet all of you and hear your stories, but... Um, you know, we have a family slogan and the family slogan, I have five kids, is do hard things. In fact, here I have a little a little present for everybody. Let me take this logo down and then boom, do hard things. You see that logo right there? Uh, but do hard things does not mean make things harder than they're supposed to be. <laughs> It doesn't mean become a hardologist. Okay. You can take and how, how many of us know people that are hardologists? How many of us have been hardologists uh, in our life? It's like we we could do a simple action to get money. And instead, because we feel that money is so scarce and it's so difficult, we make everything feel like it's a thousand pound weight when it might be the weight of a feather, right? Uh, and, and our view of time will really help us with that. So let's talk about entropy for a second. So entropy, I'm just going to circle my notes. I don't know if you can see that, but entropy is a scientific word. Uh, it's one of the laws of thermodynamics, I believe, which I'm not a scientist geek, but I'm a hobbyist geek. And entropy is interesting because what it basically states is that everything in the universe uh, is going from a state of order towards disorder. Things are going from hot towards cold. You know, there's hot spots in the universe and cold spots. And over time, given enough time, everything will reach kind of equilibrium, right? You know, people die. You know, one of my favorite quotes, 10 out of 10 people die. Did you know that, Riley? 10 out of 10? <laughs> but uh, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> there's a chance, right? It's going to happen. You know, our, um, you know, an, another quote I like is that a wise man thinks of death often. And by the way, these are not morbid things. These are just wise things. It's like, huh, okay. So there's this law of entropy. Everything has an expiration date. Everything's going from hot to cold, from order towards disorder. What does that mean? You know, my personal view, I'm curious your thoughts on this, Riley, because we haven't had a discussion about this before. But, you know, when Adam and Eve fell, I believe time was like introduced or injected. And I could be wrong on that. And it's actually not important if I if I am or not, to, because the point I'm making is this, like time is part of the curse of death, right? Because we're stuck in this linear line and we're moving and we can't go back and we can't skip ahead and we're stuck and we're moving and there's an expiration date that's a 100 certainty you know money is replenishable money can come in and it goes out time isn't time is a fixed finite amount of units and you cannot get more of them right the bible says redeem the time for the days are evil i think is what it says something like that P point being to get to the, the the difference between affluent wealthy people and high achievers financially and everybody else is that wealthy people spend all their money to buy back their time. It's a mindset. It's a paradigm. They, they give away lots of money to redeem a little bit of time. When the Bible says redeem the time, it means purchase, buy back the time. Okay, that's what it means. Whereas, whereas broke people give away lots of their time to get a little bit of money, right? 
I know I used to be a pizza delivery driver for Domino's Pizza, and I would give away tons of my time for $500 a week. I would give away lots of lots of time driving in my Chevy S10 stick shift pickup truck delivering twofers. A twofer is when you take two orders at once, right? Probably not as good for the customer, but I get to get two tips on one trip instead of one. And you try to get a triple or a double and you're taking all these pizzas. I'm giving away lots and lots of time in exchange for a little bit of money. And this is one of the fundamental shifts, right? So, so let me circle urgency here. Wealthy people have a different level of urgency when it comes to time. Now, I know that some people, the objection in their head as I talk about these things is like, well, yeah, you know, redeem the time. Okay, great. That, you know, nice, Josh. Okay. I don't have any money to redeem the time. I don't have a way to redeem the time, right? Like I'm just surviving. I'm not thriving. I'm surviving. Trust me, I get it. I've been bankrupt. I started in a trailer park, right? I was a pizza delivery driver when I was a married man, for God's sake. I asked my father-in-law, well, why did you actually say yes when I asked if I could marry your daughter, Ashley? Uh, do you even love her? Right. You know, you knew, you know, I lived in a trailer park and delivered pizzas. Right. And he's like, oh, yeah, Josh, but I knew you'd be OK. But here's the thing. Uh, I didn't operate with enough of a sense of urgency. You know, think of it. Another way to look at it is time is going to do what it does and we can't change it. But what we can do, OK, is we can collapse time instead of just letting time elapse. Instead of just letting time elapse as we binge another Netflix series, we can collapse time. We can shortcut things by learning concepts like this, by getting in the right tribe and community, and by doing things that scare us, AKA do hard things. You can see it on my screen right there, do hard things. Living outside our comfort zone, taking and redeeming the time by making proper investments, which isn't just money, uh, will help you go faster. And like I said at the very beginning, money has more or making wealth has more to do with time than it does with money. Here's why. If you made a million dollars in 33 years because you made about 30,000 a year working at McDonald's or something, you have successfully made a million dollars. I think we can all agree that that is not the same thing as making a million dollars in 30 days. Can I get an amen? amen? Is that the same thing? Scenario A, million dollars. Scenario B, million dollars. Not the same thing, right? <laughs> because the compression of time is what creates the wealth, not the dollars. It's the collapsing of time. It's the leverage of the collapse. Oh, I'm getting worked up. Have you ever heard people say, time is what? I'm writing it out. Time is what? This is a thing people say. Is this true? Time is money. It's, it's what's known as a truism. A true, there's lots of truisms, right? Money doesn't grow on trees. There's things that we say that just sound good because we've heard them our whole life, but they're just completely wrong. They're logically incorrect. They're not true. They're false. It's a false belief. Time is not money. This is false. Time is infinitely more valuable than money. You can get more money, you can't get more time. I think we all know that, but here's my point for kind of our opener. And then I want to get your thoughts on all this, Riley. If I was going to boil down kind of a first success principle or, or something I noticed between uh High achieving people and everybody else is that high achieving people have more velocity in their life. Okay. They're not perfect, but they have a noticeable, measurable, distinct, different uh, focus on velocity. They value speed, right? So I'm going to write down velocity. And if you're taking notes, this is a breakthrough for people right here. How much velocity do you have? There's different types of velocity. The one that we'll talk about first is decision velocity. Decision philosophy. Who here knows uh, a cousin, Paul, 
who likes to pray about things for 10 years before he takes one one move in the direction, right? Who here has a friend that when you went to the grocery store and you saw the end cap uh, by the checkout line and there's this wall of gift cards, you know how you can buy gift cards at grocery stores? Who, who knows someone that sees something like that and goes, oh, I thought of that idea 10 years ago, right? I That was my idea. And I use that example specifically because one of my former business partners literally had that idea, you know, 25 years. He's like, they need to sell gift cards at retail stores, you know, and people, but he didn't do anything with it. There's no velocity behind anything. There was no action to back it up. You know, faith without works is dead, right? Um, anyway, decision velocity has to do with making more quantity of decisions. So eventually you can get faster at making quick, good decisions. Okay. So if you made three perfect decisions over the next 12 months, Riley, would that be better or worse than making 136 decisions, but only half of them were good. <laughs> half of them were kind of stubbing your toe and scraping your knee and learning, learning, yep. uh, but half of them were good. So, so it's not about being perfect. I think a lot of Christian entrepreneurs struggle with this perfectionism complex where they're chronic overthinkers and it causes them to make plenty of money, but way too slow. They're going to make their million bucks, but it's going to take them 10 years instead of 12 months, right? It's going to take them 36 months instead of two months, 60 days. And so the way that we go faster, the way that we build wealth, the way that we understand money's replenishable, but time isn't is by making quicker decisions imperfectly so that we can stack up volume of decisions, learn how to trust ourselves, build confidence, et cetera, et cetera. We have a lot more good. than that to dig into, but what are your thoughts as it's I say? So good. I got, my brain is like churning here. It's so hard for me not to like blurt in. Um, I'm holding my tongue, but dude, to even go back to, I think that I'm, I'm like putting all these pieces together as you're talking, breaking my brain again, as usual here. Uh, Adam and Eve in the garden, you know, they, they were, they, they, chose to eat from that, that tree of knowledge, right? Thinking that, that like knowledge is power, which how many know, I had this banner across my, my science teacher's homeroom when I was in seventh grade, it said knowledge is power. And I remember thinking like, I don't think that's true back in seventh grade. Cause I knew a lot of like smart people that were freaking broke. They were, they were, they, there was like my science teacher, for example, like very knowledgeable, but he still didn't have, and there's nothing wrong with, with, not desiring, or he was serving his purpose in the season of his life. I want to be clear on that. He obviously impacted me, but I was like, that's not power. That's not like true impact that I was wanting to have it. And so when you're saying that, it's like they, they, when you mentioned time being kind of introduced at that time where now it's like, yeah, you're going to die at this point in time. Like it was perfect. And now we got knowledge and it's like, what are we going to do with that knowledge to actually uh, have true wisdom? And, and that's really, I think, what the goal is uh, as kingdom entrepreneurs. It's like knowledge is not power unless you're actually taking action upon that prayerfully. Yes, you should absolutely pray. But you mentioned it, Josh, faith without works is, is dead, right? So if you're just sitting back and just praying on things, waiting for uh, something to happen, uh, just waiting on God, right? It, like nothing's going to happen. God's like, Bro, I've already given you everything. I've given you the ability. The, the, the covenant is there. That blessing is there, but it takes work, right? The, the work in itself was not the curse that took place. Work was, was assumed we were going to do that. If you think that God created Adam and Eve to work, he created Adam, placed him in the garden to work. It was, it was an assumption. Like 
We didn't have to think or like, man, should I go to work today? No, no, no. We assumed we were working that day, right? Now the, the curse came, the knowledge came. And then it's like, well, should I work or should I play video games all day long? Right. Should I, should I, when I work, should I do this or should I do that? And now this confusion actually takes place when we know we go through this analysis paralysis and ultimately choose to not make a decision, right? Because not making a decision, if you're like, I want to think about this, that's still a choice. You're now procrastinating and making that decision, dude. So, so dead on with what I'm in such alignment with what you're saying, man, of just like action brings clarity in everything. Because if you're just sitting on the fence, you got to get off the fence. Even if you got off the, on the wrong side of the fence, at least you found out quicker because that clarity is there. But here's the deal. Reaction reveals character. Action brings clarity. Throw this in the chat if you guys are, are with us here. Action brings clarity. Absolutely. A, B, C. Remember that, right? But here's the deal. Reaction reveals character. Most important. Throw that in the chat. Reaction reveals character. And here's the thing on this, guys. When it comes to time versus money, because this is the thing, I'm 37 years old right now. Uh, I still think I'm like 23 when I'm, I'm, when I'm, you know, until I stand up out of this chair and I'm like, oh my gosh, a little achy every now and then, right? But I'm still running this race. Like, like I, I'm all out. I'm going all in on this thing until the day that I die because I've, I've scoured the Bible with this understanding of retirement, like this, this man-made thing of like, what am I, I I'm, I'm hoping to, to save up enough money right? I'm hoping to work enough time to bust my freaking butt to then retire to enjoy my life. No, 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 no. We get to enjoy this process because here's the deal, guys. Warren Buffett, this is one question that I ask every single uh, coaching client that I work with. I ask this question, would you, Warren Buffett, his net worth right now is $112 billion. $112 billion. Throw in the chat right now if you would like to trade places, if you could take your life right now and you would trade places with Warren Buffett. Let me know in the chat if you would actually do that. $112 billion instantly like that. That's your new net worth. And you've got, well, the dude's 92 years old. All right, so what's more impactful to you? You've got, however, I mean, the guy could croak literally any second. I could croak any second, right? But odds are, you know, I, I, I have a little bit more life expectancy than a 92-year-old dude, no matter how much money he has ever made in his life. And Josh, that's what you mentioned, man. Time is infinitely more valuable than money because we can always go make more money. That's like, that's the easy thing in this thing of life, right? What's hard is understanding, I don't even want to say hard because, well, I'll say hard because of your motto, man, do hard things. I like to live... I love to look at these things as challenges, right? If you're an entrepreneur, I'm, I'm guessing you do too. It's like, what gets you excited? It's the thrill of the hunt. This time that I get to commit to, that I get to decide to actually choose to commit this life to, but how do I collapse that to, to make that $112 billion net worth? Maybe, maybe that's not everybody's goal on here, but I think it would be really freaking impactful to have that $112 billion to go and do likewise. No different than what Jesus has told us from the from uh, Luke uh, ten thirty seven to go and do likewise. So the challenge is, how do we collapse that time for for the, the least amount of time? Not only like uh, uh, time, energy, effort, and effort put into our businesses, but that so we can spend the majority of our time with those that matter most. 
right? Our family, our loved ones, relations, spending time with our creator, making that a priority in our life, number one. And how do we actually build upon that or what I like to call habit stack upon those disciplines in our life to create the velocity, success principle number one you got right there, Josh. How do we do that in this day and age, 2023, as an entrepreneur? Like, how do we do that, man? Yeah, how do you do it? Well, one of my goals here with a lot of what we're going to be doing in King's Council 2.0 is turning these kind of uh, heady meta concepts that are true yep. into actionable things to do. Ooh, that rhymed. That sounds kind of cool. How do I really take the, the very philosophical things that are true and turn them into things to do? Because we need actual action, not just motivation, and inspiration, right? So here, here's a practical thing. Every single person, including both you and I, Riley, need to be doing on a regular basis. It's called a time study. Okay, it's very simple. We need to figure out and measure where we have been spending time. So it, you know, the, the sad part about what I'm about to explain to do is very simple but probably three out of a hundred people actually do it because they, people mistake. They think that because they know something intellectually that they've received the value from that thing. Uh, and that's not true. But so let me explain what this is. And then I'll explain the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Okay. So, so what you got to do is look back even at the last seven days and write a list of literally every single thing that you did, literally everything. So I went and bought toilet paper. I went to the bank and made a deposit. I went to my son's soccer game. <laughs> I worked on administrative tasks in my business. I did a sales call. I did whatever. I bought inventory. There's endless things we do, including the leisure things. You know, I watched Netflix. I did this. I took my wife on a date. Write down the list. There's no judgment. This isn't about anything. It's not about shame. It has nothing to do with that. Just logically, what is the stuff that happened in the last seven days? Now, here's the key. Next to each item, assign a dollar per hour value to that thing, okay? And, and to make it simple, break it into like four categories. You know, there's zero, there's $20 an hour tasks, there's $100 an hour tasks, there's $1,000 an hour tasks, and there's $5,000 an hour tasks, just to keep it simple. And for each of these items, just assign a value to it. And what you'll notice is if, if you don't make at least a couple hundred grand a year in personal income, you're going to have a disproportionate amount of your time is going to be spent doing $100 an hour tasks and $20 an hour tasks. And let me give you an example. So if you if you run to the bank and make a deposit, or if you go to the store and spend an hour and 23 minutes grocery shopping and buying toilet paper and all the essentials, those are $20 an hour tasks. These are things that can be outsourced or delegated to other people for about that much money. Now, you might be thinking in your brain, I can't afford to pay someone else to do those things, uh, but that's only because you have a misunderstanding of value creation, okay? And if you'll give me grace to try to explain this and don't get panicked if you don't get it the first time, here's the, the trick with this stuff, is that the time that you redeem, the Bible says, redeem your time for the days are wicked. If you get that hour and 23 minutes back and you spend you know, $63 to do so on, you know, Instacart or something. Um, the key is what we do with the hour and 23 minutes we got back. Okay. Now, if you take the hour and 23 minutes you got back and you sit around and, you know, eat bonbons, then you've consumed that time, but you didn't use the time to produce. So we want to use the time we redeem for production, 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 
that'll go into the next section here with money is people use money for consumption instead of using it for production and we need to use it for production so if i spent the hour and 23 minutes and i made sales calls i made joint venture uh, relationships if i emailed high level contacts if i watched a training like this during that hour and 23 minutes that i redeemed that is wisdom in action that's what it is myron golden says the difference between knowledge and wisdom is this knowledge is the accumulation of truth I, I imagine someone walking on a beach, picking up little nuggets of truth and putting them in their pockets. And a lot of Christian entrepreneurs have pockets full of nuggets. I mean, they know stuff. They can quote scripture. They know Tony Robbins quotes. They know success principles intellectually. They have the head knowledge. The problem is that we don't convert it into wisdom. If knowledge is the accumulation of truth, according to Myron, which is my favorite definition for this, wisdom is the application of truth. So if you listen to the suggestion to do a time study on yourself, if you hear it and it makes sense to you, congratulations, you now have another knowledge of truth, a nugget. It's in your pocket, but it's worthless to you unless we convert it into the application of truth. So you got to do this stuff. Uh, I have people pay me thousands of dollars per hour. The last private consulting client I had paid $100,000. I talked to them once a week. Now, what's, what's interesting is that when someone pays me money like that to hear things like this, there's a huge stark difference because that guy does every single thing that I say to do really fast because people that pay, pay attention, right? And I could be at a coffee shop talking to three high school friends and give them the same advice I give to $100,000 guy. And it always takes this knowledge and never converts to wisdom because they won't do it, right? So that, that's my, my study there. And then last but not least, the, the word decide here at the bottom. If you do a word study on this, it means to cut or to kill other options. You know, look at the suffix, C-I-D-E. See that? C-I-D-E. So the word decide, what other words come to mind? You have herbicide, pesticide, genocide, <laughs> suicide. Like it means to kill or to cut. So a real decision sort of means, it doesn't sort of mean, it means you burn the boats. It means that you run into the darkness, not knowing all the answers. You know, people want all 12 steps before they take step one. And that's not how it works, baby. That's not how it works, baby. God's word is a lamp into our feet. It's not a three mile spotlight. Like, you know, you get to see like 11 feet or six feet or something. And when Riley says action brings creates clarity, that's why you can see the next step as you're in motion, applying wisdom. So do the time study, understand that time is infinitely more valuable than money. And maybe, you know, you can give me your feedback on that, Riley, and we'll talk about money for a few minutes. Yeah, brother, absolutely. That time study is 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 gold. Because in my life, you know, I've got eight different businesses that that we're running and, and fairly hands-on with. Uh, a couple of them is, is you know, a call once a week or once every two weeks, things like that. But um, with, to create that that value of where where I'm spending time, uh, it, it, it changes your mindset of like looking as as spending time versus investing that time, right? Like if I'm scrolling Instagram, I'm spending time, right? I'm spending it because it's, I ain't getting that back. Okay. And, and I love how you attach a dollar amount to that, man. One of the things that I do is I have to create a nightly non-negotiables list for me every single day for, for the next morning. Right. And this came to me, man, just from reading Genesis of, of clearly God gives us a, a timeline of how this thing works. Uh, when he said, then there was evening, then there was morning. I always thought like, shouldn't it be morning and then evening? Like, what, how does that happen? And so I, I just meditating on that, started to think like, well, what if I actually 
planned my day appropriately for the next day. So there was evening, I created my non-negotiables list. So when I woke up in the morning, I was at it immediately, right? Time in the word. And then it was bam, bam, bam. These are my three things that I had to get done. Non-negotiable. I wasn't moving on to the other thing because there's always enough time or excuse me, there's never enough time to get everything done, but there's always enough time to get the most important things done, right? I'm going to say that again. There's never enough time to get everything done. Okay. You're going to just go through this life. Ah, trying to figure this thing out. But if you create this list, you collapse it, there's always enough time to get the most important things done. And when you do that, and you get, you start to habit stack those things on top of each other, leverage those times, leverage uh, your, your resources. And I believe one of the greatest resources that we have, man, is our relationships. Talk to us about some of these relationships in our life. Sure. Yeah, let's go there. Well, maybe we'll finish up with some money stuff. Um, but really, I heard this actually from Josh Fierstein first, and I don't know what book he read this, but super simple and profound concepts that there's kind of three different types of relationships we have. There's really probably more than that. But these are three big buckets to simplify it in your brain. Okay, because first of all, I believe that the way to be successful in business and life is through mindsets, skill sets, in network. Like if you if you up level and improve your mindsets, the way you think, the framing that you have of the world, the beliefs, all that mindset, then of course you got to have skill sets. You know, the word wisdom itself actually means skill. If you do a word study on it, by the way, it means skill, right? Isn't that crazy? How do you get a skill by doing things that scare the crap out of you tons of times until you eventually get good? So mindset, skill sets, and then last but not least, network. You know, people say it's not, it's not what you know, it's who you know. You've ever heard that? Well, yep, yep. I said that at one of my last events and one of the attendees said, uh, pulled me aside. He goes, you know, I was thinking about that and I don't think that's right. I'm like, well, what do you mean? He said, it's not, it's not who you know, it's really who knows you. And so we talked about it and I'm like, oh, dude, that makes sense. Because a lot of people like to name drop like, oh, yeah, I was uh, hanging out with LeBron. And uh, anyway, it, there's no value in you went to right. a dinner party and other important person was at said dinner party. That's not a thing, right? Network, when I say mindset, skill sets, network, it's who knows you. And by the way, you don't deserve that anybody knows you, right? Like you have to become a man or woman of value, right? So that there's a reason for them to know you. You know, if we go to somewhere and, and someone really knows Riley, they're like, oh, let me introduce you to Riley. Oh, he's insane. Done over a hundred million dollars in sales. He's done this and this and this multiple companies at seven, eight figures within a year. Um, they know about Riley, right? So that relation, that is a true networked relationship. So anyway, uh, let's talk about comrades, constituents, and confidants. A comrade is a relationship you have with someone based on mutual hatred of something, <laughs> okay? So that might sound like, oh, the word hate's really bad. I, I asked a Christian one time, I said, do you hate, I can't remember what it was, but do you hate th this thing? And he goes, oh, no, I don't hate anything. I said, okay. Do you strongly dislike it? And he goes, yeah, I strongly dislike it. I said, did you know the definition of hate is strongly dislike? Oh, just saying, mic drop. Anyway, that has nothing to do with anything. But a comrade relationship is, <laughs> is you hate Donald Trump. That guy hates Donald Trump. This other person that has nothing else in common with me, other than the fact that we hate that. Okay, we're comrades with each other. Or people that are conservative Christians maybe uh, hate just the left-wing crazy ideology, uh, uh, ideology that's out there, right? With the stuff with Target and targeting kids. Of course, we have a hatred for that, righteous indignation for that. So we have comrade style relationships with anybody else that agrees with us on that. 
A constituent, on the other hand, is someone that you have a relationship with based on a mutual love of something. And the funny example I use for this is Detroit Lions fans. Okay, I'm from Michigan. I don't know if there's anybody just by chance from Michigan, but uh, I have been cursed to be grown up and raised as a Detroit Lions fan. It's a it's a tough life. Okay, we all have setbacks and disadvantages. That's one of mine. Uh, but it's funny because people still go to the games. They're packed out all the time, and they've been terrible for like my whole lifetime, basically. Except in the '90s with Barry Sanders, we almost were really really good then. Barry was elected. But, but you'll have a homeless guy standing next to a, uh, a construction worker standing next to a cardiologist, and all of them have their faces painted blue and silver for the Lions, and they're going crazy. And so they're constituents. They have a constituent relationship. They all love the Lions. They have nothing else in common whatsoever, but they can come together for that hour and a half, two hours, and be best besties, right? And that's fine. But my point of this is if you want to be really successful is we need to have relationships with confidants and a confidant is someone who is all in for you with no strings attached. You know, sometimes I'll ask people, do you have a friend that you could watch you too today? Oh, yep. There we go. I muted, I muted you, Jason. Um, Okay. Lost my train of thought for a quick second, but I asked people, do you have a friend that you could call with no explanation and say, I need $10,000 and I can't explain why and I need it right now. And do you have a relationship with someone where that money is on the way and you know that they would do it? And if you do have a relationship with someone like that, you know that if they called you, you would send it on the way. These are confidants. It's someone that's going to clap and cheer when you win, someone that's not trying to one-up you. You know, you, you can share a business win with someone and they, they want to criticize it or tear it down or, or make it small or, oh yeah, you got lucky. Those aren't confidants. Confidants are your real people, your ride-or-die people. And when I look at myself and other high-achieving people, we have these types of relationships. We don't have a lot of them. Okay, they're they're precious. Jesus was God, and he only had twelve people in his inner circle. Can I get an amen? And one of them, one of them didn't work out, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you have one or two of these, they're such a big deal. And when we're speaking about entrepreneurship specifically, we want big thinking, world changing, job creating, movement making, you know, kingdom entrepreneur confidant relationships. And so let me ask you, how do you get these? How do you get relationships like that? Well, it's super simple. You go first. Hey guys, if you're digging this content and you'd like to be a part of our community of kingdom entrepreneurs, then text the word king to 727-472-3860. We host virtual and in-person get-togethers with the focus of building community to advance the kingdom through wealth creation and financial stewardship. So if you're looking for this type of tribe and the resources to do so, then step into your true calling by texting the word KING to 727-472-3860. You pour into someone else with nothing in return expected. You pour into someone that you want to be in relationship with without an agenda. You ever thought about that? My mom, when I was little one time, said, the neighbors are so rude. They never even come over and say hi. And I asked her, I got in trouble for this, but I said, well, did you go say hi? No, I didn't go say hi, but they're rude. They didn't come say hi. I'm like, okay, okay, I'm just like, (laughs) my wife says the best way to make friends is to be friendly. You know, even in a group like this, okay, are you trying 
to network and deepen relationships with some of the people ahead of you in this group. You know how many smart people are in here? People with multi-million dollar businesses who love their family. Like they're walking and chewing gum at the same time. They're having their cake and they're eating it too. It doesn't mean they're perfect. But you need relationships with godly people who are big thinkers, who are crushing it. And the way to do that is, number one, call it what it is. You need confidant relationships. And you start, you go first. You ever notice like Italians, Jews, Asians, Arabs, there's actually lots of cultures that do this. But if you look at the right side of my screen here, what, what's, what do they do? Here's what they do. They get rich together. That's what they do. They do. They keep the money in, in their community. I, Riley's talked about this at length. It drives him crazy. It makes his eye twitch. He's like, yes. and, you know, because Christians aren't doing this anywhere near to the extent uh, as these other groups. What, what are your thoughts on that, Riley? Oh my gosh, bro. You don't want me to get me started on this right now, do you? Dude, this is what foundationally, again, what part of the, my, my heart that I believe is God given for this thing was originally like, Hey, are there other entrepreneurs like this that are, that are kingdom focused and, and, and want more that, that aren't, that have maybe even grown up with that, that mindset, that wealth is wicked and, and poverty is piety. And, and like this, this like, man, if you must be a bad person, if you're chasing money, right? Like I, I, I the, the fact of the matter was, is like, I was, I was making a lot of money, but I was also extremely uh, frustrated, extremely unfulfilled in that, knowing that money wasn't everything, right? First off, it usually becomes your everything and you don't got enough of it, right? Like that's, that's reality. Zig Ziglar says that best. It's like right up there with oxygen, right? It's not everything, but it's pretty darn close. I mean, that's just, it, it makes things go around. Now, this is also why the Bible has over 2,400 references of money, wealth, possessions, and the, the need for it. God obviously knew what was up. The guy's kind of smart, right? He knows what's up, and he know, knew what we needed. The problem is the enemy has gotten in here, and from the beginning of time, has tweaked truth. He's tweaked scripture. He's tweaked the pride flag, the rainbow flag. He's he's tweaked this this understanding of what what even a lot of people think are are very wise people that understand scripture, but they've also, they've truncated this stuff and are pulling it to fit an agenda. That's not true. First off, if you want to believe the Bible, you got to believe the entire Bible in its length. And you got to believe every, everything from the beginning to the end. Otherwise throw the thing away. It's for not, if you don't believe the entire thing, you're not following the book of the law. Okay. And now this, this can be like extremely overwhelming at times, but also as our entrepreneur hats get on, it's like, this is exciting. How can I, how can I resource, find all the resources? Dude, you do word studies on this. That's why I freaking love you so much. It's like, get to the root of this thing of, of what does it actually mean? And when I, when, when God just started to really uh, lay things on my heart over the past few years, this kingdom economy concept was like, to me, when I understood that that uh, the uh, Muslim community actually one dollar exchanges hands from Muslim faith to Muslim faith, right? It exchanges hands like uh, uh, thirteen to sixteen times. Like one dollar will goes back and forth through that community thirteen to sixteen times. It's no wonder that with less than three percent of a population, they can come into and I've literally seen this happen in cities in in Minnesota. They come into a, a city and overtake it within two years. Every business is now like Muslim owned and operated because they are loyal to each other. They are, they're confidence, right? They, they, they're like, if, if I have to go spend more money, even at uh, uh, my, my confidence 
business, I'm going to do that because I know that that dollar is going to go farther. It's going to go to advancement for what their beliefs and values are, right? The Jewish community did the same thing. It's like 10 to 13 times that dollar is going to, going to circulate in their faith. The Christian community, guys, hear me when I say this, the Christian community is zero to one, zero to one freaking times. Are you, are you, are you kidding me? Right. Like, here's the thing, because the enemy is coming in and, and even some bald guy, uh, some angry bald guy that that teaches kingdom principles of money is telling people uh, that they have to that they have to race to zero. He's telling people that you got to get out of debt entirely. And I'm telling you, debt is not not good. OK, but it's not always bad. There are ways to leverage this stuff. Now, if you're just spending it consumer debt, I won't, I won't go too deep into this, Josh. But I love freaking talking about this, man, because this is the power of, of community coming together, exchanging dollars into, into each other's businesses. This is what we do. If, if you're in this community and you have a digital marketing business, raise your hand, right? If you're in this community and you have a, a lawn mowing business, raise your hand. If you're a roofer, if you're, if you're a, a babysitter, right? If you sell widgets, somebody in this community needs a freaking widget. And why in the world wouldn't I, as a kingdom entrepreneur, want to sow into your business versus give it to Target even, right? Or Walmart or any of these other places. If we actually came in, and one more thing on this, man, Here, here's the belief of why, why I think this happens. Because I, I know we're going to talk about money here. Because the Bible tells us, it gives lots of instruction on money. It says that we cannot serve both God and money right? We can't serve two masters. It says we can't serve two masters. And then it immediately goes into, you can't serve God in money or mammon, right? It's if you, if you look at the original of this, what is mammon? Mammon is the spirit of money, the power of money that overtakes our entire life. That's what this thing is talking about here, guys, right? So if I can't serve them, if I can't serve both of them, this is where I think the Christian community is like, oh my gosh, money is bad. Then I can't serve it then what do you think you're doing when you're going to work 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 hours a week for somebody else? Who are you serving in that process? Are you serving money? Because you're going to get it, right? Tricking ourselves, thinking that, well, I'm doing it because I love God, because I love my family. Malarkey, right? You want to, the, the number one area for adultery, you guys want to know where that, that takes place? In the place of work, in your place of employment, right? The number one area, the reason why, a divorce happens as money, but also adultery, right? I could go on and on and on about this, but there is such power that the enemy has taken from believers to understand what this means. So how do I know if I'm going to serve money or if I'm going to serve God? And it's, it's simple, guys. Ask yourself who's making the decision. Who or what is dictating that decision? Is it because I even want to save money, thinking I'm being a good steward of that money? Right. I'm, I'm clipping. I'm, I'm taking 30 minutes uh, to even drive across town to save four cents on my gallon of gas. Like, is that your like, think about that. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, right. Or can you sow into another believer that has that business? Because I know that that is going to I'm sowing on good soil. Right. Again, what the whole Bible gives us a lot of instruction. We have to take all of it and understand how to make the wisest decisions moving forward. So if you're, if you're looking at money as like, how can I save it? How can I steward it? How can I stack it up versus how could I use it? It's money is a tool. And if I'm serving God, making money serve me, that's what we're talking about. That's kingdom. 
right? But the only way that I do that is I get into alignment with my creator and I understand I'm seeking him. I'm getting into alignment with other believers that have these same values and, and, and hunger and desire. And, and ultimately then we can build this kingdom economy, serve God, make money, serve us and truly take territory. This mindset on money, dude, is something that the enemy has done. I freaking even hate saying this, but he's done a good job. He's done a good job at, at taking that mindset of understanding how to make money as a tool, how to, how to use it as a tool versus making it our God. Because at the end of the day, most of us are making it our God, and we're not looking to God, Jesus, as our, our number one provider and resource in everything that we do so that we can get, so that we can give and continually multiply this thing. From the beginning of time, Genesis 128 says that we are to go forth. We are to be fruitful. We are to multiply, have dominion. It's not just talking about like money. This is talking about kingdom culture. There's a dominion that we have that the enemy has confiscated from us. And we let him do it, right? We got to know that Jesus returned. The kingdom of heaven is here. We have to take that back. The authority is ours, but it starts and ends, I believe, with this community, with kingdom entrepreneurs that step into this God-given authority to take back what was once ours. And a lot of it has to do with that, that money, man, and, and, and the power that we give it, that mammon, uh, that, that spiritual just bleh, right? That, that it takes over us and, and a lot of things that we do. Demon of mammon. Mm. It's demonic. So I, I can't remember the exact specifics, but mammon was something people sacrifice children to, I believe. I didn't bail to, of course, but mammon, they would do, they perform rituals so that this demonic thing would you know give them money I, I think the key takeaway from what you just said to me is worshiping mammon means that you're running after in pursuit of mammon but but that's a misunderstanding of how money even works and i don't want to confuse people but think of sawdust and we'll talk about this in a minute but like if sawdust is equivalent of money like you don't try to get sawdust you create sawdust like by doing something else so, so if you saw down a tree sawdust is created Money's kind of like that. It's it's like you're doing these certain things and it the the yield is money. Like abundance is a normal natural state for one of God's kids. He's a king, okay? <laughs> the king's kids aren't supposed to be destitute, but so it's not about the money. It's just the natural byproduct of being in alignment with your assignment and pursuing and serving the people God calls you to serve. If you invent a cure for something and, and billions of people use it and you make lots of money, you're trying to change the world to serve people and the byproduct would be money, right? And probably a bad example since big pharma companies are diabolically evil, but that's, I digress. That's not my point. Um, to, to finish up the point on this though, here's my tip, success principle, uh, is to find a Sherpa. And to make this make sense, think of it like this. Um, don't take advice from someone you wouldn't trade places with. And if you feel very alone on your entrepreneur journey and your friends don't understand you and your family doesn't understand you and Uncle Larry at Thanksgiving dinner has lots of opinions on what you should do with your business and you should get a real job and blah, blah, blah. Aren't you scared about this? You need a Sherpa. You need a confidant. You need someone who's one chapter ahead, who's all in for you to help you go faster. Really, a Sherpa is all about protection, but it's also about speed. If you're going to climb Mount Everest all by yourself, what do you think your odds of success are on your first try? Are you going to literally show up and buy a plane ticket and just walk up the mountain? Really? If you look at success or financial success as the top of Mount Everest, okay, um, 
that doesn't make sense, right? But when it comes to business, you got to use people like Riley and I and with King's Council 2.0 and what we're going to be doing here, some of the structures and the tactical implementations and the accountability and the way we're going to form this program. It's designed to help you go faster, right? It's designed to help you keep the promises you've already made to yourself. Right. We're not going to let 36 more months go by with you sitting on that one idea that you're not implementing because it's silly. So you need confidence, find a Sherpa. And then my quote of the day regarding this is be very cautious of people who don't clap and cheer when you win. Okay. We all have some of these relationships in our life. Maybe we love them. Maybe we need to cut those relationships out. The point is, is that you need to be surrounded by people who are clapping and cheering when you win, who are holding you accountable to the promises you made yourself. I want you to make a bet on yourself. And we need a couple people, you know, like I said, Jesus was God and he only had 12 in his inner circle. Okay. If you get one or two good connections in here, and you use this program as a Sherpa, um, you're going to collapse time, go faster, and it will go very well for you. Uh, now, to finish this out, we can talk about money. And, and back to Mammon real quick. I think, I think people that are uh, employees is a good example of people trying to get money. They're actually, in a way, without realizing it, completely obsessed and, and subservient to and pursuing and running after money. Because when you're going to get a job, just like I did at Domino's Pizza, what do you, when you go get a job, what are you thinking as an employee mindset? Someone that doesn't know these things yet. You're thinking, how many dollars are they going to give me for my time? How many weeks of vacation do I get? What happens if my wife gets pregnant? What's their paternity policy? What about this? What about this? It's me, 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 me. And because of that, you're going to get very small amounts of money. You're going to be a massive ceiling, not a glass ceiling, and a cast iron ceiling on how much you can make because you're trying to serve yourself. You're trying to serve mammon and not even know it. You know, pursuing your God-given destiny and your mission and your mandate and your purpose, what's going to happen? Everybody's is different, right? Mine isn't yours and yours isn't mine, but what's going to happen is abundance is going to happen. When you're running in perpetuity towards what God has for you, creating value, making decisions imperfectly, um, really good, crazy stuff happens. Doors open that were impossible. None of it's logical, which is why I believe in the, the book of Revelation. It says all these epic Christians, they have these crowns when they're in heaven. They have these crowns, but they're all going to take their crown off and they're going to throw it at the feet of Jesus. I think it's so beautiful because I can promise you one thing. They're not throwing it at the feet of Jesus with false humility. Like, oh, Lord, I could never accept this. <laughs> yes, it's true. I'm amazing. But but, but I, can, I can't accept this. <laughs> that, that's not what's happening. Hello. I think what's happening is they have full revelation and understanding as they look back on that empire they think they built. And these are good people, but they did big things. I'm thinking Billy Grahams or these people that have just had wrecking ball uh, effect on the earth for the kingdom. They're, they're taking the crown off going, oh my gosh, you actually literally did do it all here. Like I get it now, right? So anyway, this is going to be good to, to talk about. Can we shift gears and talk about money for a second, Riley? Do it, man. You know, I love so, talking about this. So first of all, money is different than currency. Uh, wealthy people know this, poor people don't, okay? Currency is something that has no intrinsic value. It's man-made and you use it to trade for goods and services. Dollars are currency, right? The paper, and just for, for fun, I'm sure a lot of people here know this. Let me grab some money out of my wallet. So here's a $100 bill, right? And you'll notice it says at the top, it says uh, Federal, Federal Reserve Note. 
It says it right there in the corner, Federal Reserve note. A note is a debt instrument, by the way. And the United States money originally was not <laughs> a note. They were silver certificates. Go Google image search, you know, money from this 1800s or something. Um, so there's a conversation there. But money is something that is, or currency is something that is man-made and traded based on trust, right? Money, on the other hand, right? Money is something that's not man-made. It has intrinsic value. That means value given to it by God, not by us and our faith. It just is valuable. Um, and 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 you can also use it to trade for goods and services. But did you know in Genesis that it mentions that there is gold in the Garden of Eden? This is really weird for two reasons. Number one, there's nothing to buy or sell. <laughs> there's no economy. There's two people, okay? <laughs> but there's like a bunch of gold there. But the second reason it's weird is that God said it was good specifically the gold. He said the gold was good. That's weird. That kind of breaks your brain. Okay. It talks about Abraham having cattle on a thousand hills. Cattle is another form of really money because it's a God-made thing that has intrinsic value, right? And you can trade it for goods and services. So when it comes to building wealth and being successful, and tell me if I'm getting confusing or weird, Riley, how am I doing? This is, is good, man. This is great. We got to stop obsessing over trying to get the sawdust like trying to get the money, okay? Money comes. Money is a byproduct of other things. Um, and that's what success derivatives means. What this means is if you, think of it like this. If you became a person who had 10 times more confidence than you have right now, if that happened, would you get more money or not? Kind of automatically. The answer is yes, you'd get more money, okay? If you had more consistency, 10 times more consistency than you have right now. Would you get more money or would you get less money? You get more money, right? If you had the confidence and the consistency and you had the community of confidants, would you get more money? You'd get more money, right? Yes. And then if you had clarity, right? So these are the four C's. If you have confidence and consistency in the right community and you have clarity, if you 10X you, whoever's watching this, Larry and Lisa and Bo and Sally and Sue and Joan and whatever, if you had 10 times more of those things, money automatically happens, right? So money is a derivative of other things. Money is created by being a person of confidence who's creating value, who isn't scared to make some noise because a lot of Christian entrepreneurs, they don't like to be noisy. They don't want to sell their stuff. They don't market hard enough, right? If you did these other things like marketed louder, built a better product, established relationships, right? If you understood your numbers, if you read a book on how to read a P&L, okay? These things will stack together. And none of these things are trying to get money. These are acquiring mindsets and skill sets and building your network. As you do this, what happens to you? Your bank account radically changes pretty quickly. That's what happens. But here's a, here's a brain breaker. I've never seen a poor person refer to money as capital. But all my rich friends, they talk about capital. It's just a normal part of the vernacular of people that have resources, right? And, and, and people that are broke, they might say, well, yeah, sure. Well, I don't have cap, right? I consume everything I make. Fair enough. But I'm not talking about what you do with what you have or how much of it you have. What I'm saying is the way you look at it in the first place. Start thinking about every dollar you have and referring to it in your own brain as capital because it will reframe the meaning of it, okay? This is a powerful thing. Th think about even words like uh, the word gay versus the word homosexual. Um, we're talking about the same thing, but those words reframe it, right? So gay sounds awesome. It's like, let's go have a party. Yay, we, right? 
And then we have homosexual. Well, let's take it a step further. What about the word sodomite? People get very uncomfortable and even say that word. But I'm not saying anything. I'm saying the same thing. These three things are synonyms, right? Sodomite, ooh, ooh that, that's got a little tingle down your spine feel to the word. Then you have homosexual, then you have gay, okay? Don't think of money as money. Think of money as capital. Okay, this is my encouragement. This is my make it practical assignment to you. Every time you see a dollar, say this is capital. And you're going to remember Josh Latimer, King's Council 2.0. And you're going to say, Riley and Josh said, capital. It's capital. Because it is capital. I'm going to reframe your brain, right? You can say freedom fighter and you can say terrorist. And we could be describing the same person. Yeah. There's two different ways to frame the same thing. Are you picking up what I'm throwing down? Is this, Dude, this is okay? so good. You guys so, better be so, taking notes. So capital is what you have. And what you choose to do with your capital, okay, is is how you steward it, which stewarding, I mean, it's it's a Bible term, but I feel like it's one of these Christianese kind of soft terms, like, we got to be a good steward. Oh, okay. How about we be better managers of capital, which means stewardship, but that sounds more epic to me. Yeah. You can only use your capital for two things, to consume or produce. That's it. And if you're saving money, saving money isn't bad. But I know from working with over 1,000 small business owners, many of them kingdom Christian business owners, I know that most people save money because of fear. They save money. It's the equivalent of burying their talents. They're like, they're so scared of the future and they have such a lack of faith, right? That they're like hiding away their nuts for the winter. And again, I don't think it's bad to have savings. You should have them, but ask yourself your motives. And if your money is capital, should it be deployed and working for you? Should you actually open that second location? Should you double down on inventory, buy three books on marketing so you can make more noise and step out in faith and do it? Yeah, the answer is yeah. Capital is meant to be sown. It's meant to be deployed. It's meant to produce, which is why I also have on my graphic here next to this tree, the other word that money could be swapped for is seed. Money is a seed. And we know all this from all the Bible Christianese stuff, right? God gives seed to the sower, right? And all this stuff. But if you think about what God did with the Garden of Eden, he He put his seed in us. I mean, I call humans dirt people because we're made out of dirt, okay? Yeah. And, and the Bible says that like the angels are not, we're not happy. The angels that fell were not happy because we were made in God's image, yet we're the dirt people. The New Testament, it says we're made a little lower than the angels, right? We're made a little lower. I mean, our, our, our meat suit, aka body, aka dirt suit, uh, isn't as epic and cool as powerful as an angelic body, but we're made in God's image. We're made in God's image. They're not. Angels can't reproduce. Humans can. We can create life. I mean, humans are very, it's this cosmic like spectacle of epicness. It's fascinating when I think about that. But God's seed is in us. Okay. And he put seed in us because he demands and expects that it will come back and multiply. Right. That's what your capital is for, too. So here's success principle. It has number two, but we went out of order. You right now already are and always have been. You just didn't know it. You already are an investor. Okay? People say, well, I hope someday I can you know, get enough money to be an investor. The reality is, is that you already are an investor right now. You've always been an investor. You just didn't realize it. My friends, Bart and Sonny just jumped on. <laughs> What's up, guys? So the question isn't, should you be an investor in the future when you secure more capital? The question is, uh, how are you investing your capital right now? Right? How are you deploying the capital? How are you planting the seed right now? I don't care if it's $1. Uh, and by the way, investment isn't just about dollars. It's about your, your time. 
everybody that's actually watched this so far has made an investment of time. And your goal is to get an ROI on your time. You know, a lot of Christians consume business content as a passive form of entertainment rather than a means for production. If you want to actually produce, then you need to take the knowledge you got here, convert it into wisdom, which means applying it imperfectly to get a yield, right? And then check out this quote, and then I'll let you run wild with it, Riley. This quote is mind-boggling to me. You can count the number of seeds in an apple. You could crack open an apple and it has six seeds in it, but you cannot count the number of apples in a seed. When you deploy your capital, even your time capital, okay, your energy capital, when you deploy it and, and treat it as an investor, when you get your next paycheck or your next extra thousand or 10,000 bucks and you treat it as capital and as seed and you start deploying it and not just the money part, but also that time and the effort and the energy, and then you convert it to get a yield. Your life will change so fast, you might fall out of your chair. Your shoes might fall off, okay? Because you things will radically change for you. Your bank account is a lagging indicator of things you did or did not do months ago. These same things we're talking about that you did not do or did not know at that time has yielded the bank account balance you have right this second. And as you start to imperfectly implement these things, the needle will start moving. Things will start changing. Doors will start opening. Floodgates will start unlocking for you, literally and truly. And I hope that wasn't too confusing. What are your thoughts, Riley? No, dude, phenomenal, man. I've... Uh... So good. I, I haven't heard some of those concepts from you before, man. So that just it gets me fired up when you talk about seed. As you mentioned, it's mentioned a lot of time in, in the Bible uh, that, you know, God gives seed to the sower. But I think so many of us as Christians, we're, we end up eating our seed, right? It's like, are we eating our seed or are we actually committed to sowing it, right? And that's that multiplication and what God can actually do once we, once we do that. Right. And, and I think the biggest thing that I love that picture of the tree right there, man, because I see those roots going down uh, and ultimately the number one determinant. I think I may have said this. I don't know if I said this last week. I say it a lot. Uh, but the number one determinant of if that seed is ever going to take root, it's it's a matter of what we sow it into. Like, what is it? Are we throwing it on, on, on the, you know, the, the pavement or are we throwing it on? on uh, good soil? Are we getting it uh, sunlight? Are we getting it fertilizer? AKA, are we listening to, to podcast? Uh, uh, like the King's Council podcast, if you guys aren't listening to that, I mean, I'm a little biased, I guess, but get get in there and consume this content, right? Are you spending time in the word of God? Are you surrounding yourself with those confidence? Are you finding those people that can fertilize that seed in your life? But this is the biggest thing, guys. The number one determinant, it, it's not that a, an apple tree has to has to like grind and hustle and, and do all these things that we we think the world has been told, told us how, to, how we're supposed to operate and how we're supposed to get ahead in life. It's not a matter of grinding or hustling to produce more fruit. It's, it's what's most important is where the tree is planted, right? Is it by streams of living water? Is it by, is it getting the nutrients, that, that, that wisdom that's ultimately needed to run our businesses, to run our home life, uh, our families, to lead the way we're supposed to within our community? It's all dependent upon where that tree is planted. Josh Latimer, man. Amen. amen. We went way longer. I think this is going to be okay. a normal thing for us, unfortunately. Open, uh, you know, if you got value out of this, you know, I believe it's your moral obligation to just put in the comment what you took away from this, right? Something that can help you. You know, we want to pivot King's Council 2.0 towards more action, 
practical things like what big domino is needs to be knocked over next for you so that we can all go faster. You know, look, God won't do your part and you can't do God's part. But if you show up for yourself and you make a bet on yourself, things will go very well for you. If you haven't gotten on the, the waiting list for 2.0 yet, there's all kinds of changes coming. Number one, we're converting King's Council into a nonprofit. And there's really specific reasons that have been well thought out on why we're doing that, because we think profit is good. And there certainly isn't enough of it in your pocket. And then we're going to fix that inside this group. But this organization will be a nonprofit. I'm never going to take $1 from this organization. This is a gift to the world. This is part of my purpose. And Riley's purpose was to establish this. And we're figuring it out. Okay. And we're ready to add rocket fuel to this. Uh, and there's going to be a great purge campaign coming to King's Council just to shake things up so that we know we're speaking to the people that are serious, ready to make a bet on themselves, that are tired of excuses, that need help. We can't do it for you, but we can do it with you. We can't do it for you, but we can do it with you. We're going to support you. There's going to be resources and trainings and all kinds of stuff that will break your brain. But I won't know how to tell you when that's available unless you put your name on the list so that we know that you're raising your hand saying, yeah, I'm interested. I want to learn about that. There's a comment in the links of this video somewhere that my buddy Eric will post. And also it's pinned at the top of this Facebook group. Fill it out. It takes two seconds. It's just letting us know, hey, I resonate with this. I want to go faster. I have a mission, mandate, purpose, and destiny. And, and, and I want to lock arms with other confidant relationships in King's Council. And then we can recap. So we talked about brain chains, false beliefs, things that hold us back. And specifically, the, the difference between financially affluent people and kind of everybody else, just a few of the things I noticed is they view time differently. The history and mystery of time. They value their time way more than they value their money. Okay, that's principle number one is they have more velocity because they're trying to redeem the time. They want to go faster. It's not about making perfect decisions. It's about making decisions, right? Then we talked about money and how it's different than currency and how money is the natural byproduct of other things that you do. Instead of trying to get money, you need to become the person who can effortlessly do what needs to be required to automatically get the money, to automatically have what you're going to have, right? Money is like sawdust. Money squirts back into your bank account when you are a consistent, confident, clear person walking in the right community, providing value to the world and walking God's purpose for your life. Um, the quote for that was, you know, you can count the number of seeds in an apple. You can't count the number of apples in a seed. What that means for you is that you not running towards the thing you're supposed to do is you're ruining or slowing down the ripple effect that God has waiting for you. You making that one YouTube video that 17 people are going to watch, and maybe your ego's in the way, you don't want to do it because you know you'll be bad at it. That just means you're not willing to be bad so you can eventually be good. I got news for you. You're not allowed to be good until you first do it bad. You have to start, right? You have to start before you're ready, but you not publishing that or writing the book or selling your product faster, you not doing that, you're stealing blessings from the ripple effect, from the other people uh, that's going to have. Those are the apples in your seed. You're going to put it out to the world, and it's going to affect Joe, and Joe's going to tell his wife, and then their marriage will be fixed, and then their kids grow up with the better parents, and then they start a company, and they employ a 1,000 people because of your thing that you're doing or not doing. That's what that quote means. And then last but not least, we have comrades, constituents, and confidants. We need to be confidants with each other, and we want King's Council 2.0 to behave as a Sherpa and a confidant for you. We want to clap and cheer for you as you win, right? You should be very cautious of people who don't. That's it. My head might explode. I might need to go take a nap now, but I, <laughs> those are our thoughts. I hope it was valuable, and I hope it uh, serves all of you. I haven't met most of you yet, uh, but I will. 
And this is just the very beginning. We didn't even start yet, y'all. We didn't even start yet. Um, where are you from? What business are you in? Type it in the comments. I'm going to go back through. I want to know who you are. What is God calling you to do? What do you already know to do, but you're just not doing it? What is scaring you? So we can pray for you. So we can work with you. So we can cheer you on. That's all I got, Riley. What do you think? So fantastic, man. I think this you did a great job landing the plane again, guys. Even if, you, if you're if you an active member within the community, we know you by first in last name. We've done life together. We need you guys to, if you're, if you're still wanting to be a part of this, as, as Josh said, there's going to be a great purge coming out, out of this thing because we're, we're, we're no longer uh, we're looking for just uh, followers. We're not, that, that's not what this thing is about. This is about leaders, right? We, we're looking for those that are w- willing to step into this thing and truly be a part of this. So if you want to continue on this mission with us, you got to get on the wait list. Right again, it's it's in the link here. Look for uh, uh, Eric would have posted the link here. Uh, get on the wait list and let us know who you are, and we will keep you in the loop. Okay, if you're if you're just on our normal email list, that ain't good enough. Okay, you're not gonna get, you're not gonna know the details of of ultimately what we're doing moving forward here. So get on that that list, and uh, bro, I got to get to the airport, man. I'm about to miss my flight. <laughs> All right, brother. Hey, thanks uh, everybody. Thanks, Riley. I'll catch up with you later, Riley. Appreciate y'all. God bless. Take care. We'll see you around next yes. time. Bye. Hey guys, if you're digging our content and want more, then join our community at joinkingscouncil.com or simply text the word KING to 727-472-3860. Go, 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 go.